I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Little mama playing good defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone, score. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot. Yo, about to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot. Yo. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Escobar. And I have we have a couple of announcements before we get to the rest of the show. So, my co-host, Stephanie, ha- um, has decided to focus on other endeavors. I support her still. I wish her the best of luck. Um, but, she, but we kind of had a discussion... And that was kind of the way that we decided on some things. That she had other creative p- projects that she wanted to focus on. I totally understood it. I thank her for everything that she's done with the startup of this podcast. And I wish her the best of luck in everything that she does. And she still has my support. So, with that announcement, I am in the search for a rotating set of co-hosts, male and female, um, to kind of add some variety to this podcast because I know y'all can get tired of just hearing me speak all the time. And so, and we want to make sure that we continue to give you great content in every form possible. And so, with that in mind, I do appreciate uh, my friend Ali Nicole for, hey. for stepping in and helping me um, during this transition as we try to figure out what exactly um this looks like going forward so i will be sliding in some of y'all dms saying hey i appreciate your thought process on things do you think about record what do you think about recording so be prepared and if you want to record reach out to me as well communication is always a two-way street because again i feel like we have things that we need to discuss discuss and touch upon and we have to continue to that discussion so we appreciate you still listening to us through the transition and now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So Ali, how you doing? Hey y'all. So it's your girl, Ali Nicole, AKA your favorite little shit talker, AKA that little baby who just won't listen. You could also catch me on the secret sauce society podcast. Shout out to them. Shout out to to them. Shout out to all the good brothers over there. They have aliases and I I forgot. I'm like, go make sure you say that. (laughs) I don't want to blow nobody's cover, but shout out to the good boys over there. So we have Deuce the Wild. We have the professor and we have Roger. Those are my co-hosts. And I am very proud to be the voice of reason, the voice of feminine reason. (laughs) Because Lord... Feminine reason, I think. Because, Lord, it gets pretty spicy over there sometimes. So. Man, 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 man. It definitely does. I definitely, it definitely does. Um, Again, listen to a couple of their episodes. They, they, no holes barred. It's no holes barred. Like, no there, we barred. don't hold no hands over there. So, you come with it, we gonna come back. So. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, but how, so, so we, uh, so we took a holiday break. You know, the Shoot Your Shot Pie took a holiday break because you know. So did Secret Sauce. We deserve. You know what I'm saying? Like we want, we have, we we not getting paid for this yet. So okay. So therefore, we got to take our breathers when we can. You feel me? My mama told me to always smell your flowers. Listen, while you can still smell them. So how was your holiday break? How was your weekends? How was how was the, how was life since the last time anyone's heard from you for real for real? So, I've made some lifestyle changes for the better. Um, the first was I had to realize that I am very aggressive. <laughs> Word, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? So in therapy, we've been talking about like making sure that 
the way I say things is the exact way that I want them to come across. Because in my family, our expressions, like, love was expressed with, like, really, like, aggressively. Right. It wasn't very soft. Like, I wasn't raised very... In a, it wasn't tender. It wasn't tender at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't thaw out. Like, we threw the meat on the grill. Like, we didn't let that shit thaw. So, it was just, you know... And so, making sure that when I'm expressing things out of love, or if I'm expressing things out of even anger or upset, that my message is coming across... Clear and concise. Clear and concise, and with the emotions that I intended on. And that's when me and my therapist realized I'm not the best texter because what I mean and what I say, they are exactly like I'm telling you exactly what I mean to say, but it's not with the rec- the correct feeling or emotions that I want to evoke after it. And a lot of us as millennials, and I hate the fucking I hate of, that. But a lot of us in our generation, because we grew up as like the first really online, non-face-to-face communication generation, like going back to Black Pan- Planet, MySpace, Zanga, <laughs> through through te- through the original text message. By the way, you had my MySpace sex. profile, dog, <laughs> had I known I was sitting on a multi-million dollar scale. Bro, we was coding for free. I was coding for free. God. And you can't ask me how to do that shit today. Bro, I forgot all that I shit. was 15 and I knew how to code. It had all the... F- mm. The keys were in my hand, and I fumbled we, it. We fumbled the fucking bag as a generation. God damn it. Anyway. But, but, but like, as we online... The first real online generation where a lot of our communication was done not face-to-face. Um, so it, a lot of what I mean gets lost in translation by how I say it. Right. And the people that know me well can say, okay, Alex sounded bitchy, but I know her heart. But the people who don't know me well enough to give me that benefit of the doubt, I right. come across like an asshole. And that could prevent them from getting to know you enough to understand that. Exactly. Because first impressions are everything in our society. And it's one of those things where you don't really get a second chance to make a first impression. Even if you get a second chance. It's a huge area. Like for me, it's a huge area of opportunity. So that's an area that I'm growing with. But aside from that, my my Christmas was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me and Kiddo's father actually spent it together. Someone check the temperature in hell right now. <laughs> um, it gotta be freezing. Over. It's gotta be a little cold. At least a little chilly. Um, he, cause it started out. Kiddo had asked me. I was dropping him off. We had done breakfast at my mom's, mm-hmm. and then we went to. Um, then he had to go open presents at his dad's house, and he was like, "Well, mom, can you just stay to watch me open presents?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I'm thinking like five to fifteen minutes. <laughs> me and my son's father don't have beef, but like we're also not. We're like we're we're we don't have an issue with each other. Like we co-parent very well, right. but we're not besties. Not not even. Not even. Like you do what you're on your side of the fence. I deal with what's on mine. And we and we intermingle when, when, we, have to, when we have to. You know what I mean? Like I don't call him up. Like what's good, my nigga? Like it, it, this ain't that. Right. But I do know if I ever have a problem in these streets, me personally, he's on the way. Like he don't play about me, but we're not in each other's business like that. And that's more of a like, it's a pride thing. Like you're not going to fuck around my baby. My, yeah. My, like my, my child's mother. Yeah. Like, bro, if she's not OK. My son's not OK. So whatever she needs, she's going to get. But we don't have to be personal about it. Right. And so um, I stayed to watch him open gifts with his brothers. And then his mom was like, well, we're cooking dinner. Do you want to stay? And I was like. Okay. I mean, food. Sure. Sure. And so then he was like, well, Alex, we know you drink dark, so we got you a bottle. And I was like, oh, y'all wanted me to kick it, kick it. So I'm taking shots with his family and we're sitting around opening gifts. And then I didn't stay for dinner, but because, you know, Christmas by myself sounds lit. 
But, you know, it was just, it felt really good to, for us to finally get to a point where, as parents, where we're not, it's less about the child and more about, like, are you okay? Because right. he also realized that this is my first Christmas in three years by myself. Right, because of, because of the, uh, you know, the divorce. Yeah, so he was just more like or less that. like, you know, you've been through a lot this year, and I want to make sure you're surrounded by, you know, people who give a damn about you. And I was like, that was big of you, my nigga. That was real big. So, I mean, that I, I, that's grateful. Um, New Year's Eve, I work at a casino. So for the first part of my day, I was at the casino. Getting everything set up for that shit. For that. As soon as they told me, like, Ali, I told them straight up, I said by 11 o'clock p.m., I won't be here because you won't be able to pay me to stay. So my boss was like, adios. I was by 1130. I was at the function. Shout out to SB and Nudie and Joey. And that whole, that whole, that whole, that whole thing. They threw a banger. It was great. It looked beautiful. Everybody looked so pretty. Everybody looked so good last that night. Um, met up with the homies and rang in my New Year's exactly where I wanted to be. I got paid and then I went to go kick it with my girls. So. I had a great New Year's Eve. So, me, right? So, um, I think the last episode was my birthday. So, the last episode we released, burr, burr, burr. We released right before my birthday. So, um, I brought in um, 27. And I, first of all, I realized that no one really thought I was 27. Everyone thought I was either younger or older. Like, my family was like, you sure you're not 23, 24? While everyone else was like, you sure you're not 20? definitely had you big for like 30. <laughs> so... It is what it is. I'm 27 years old. Y'all gonna be all right with that. But um, just brought it in with my brought it in first with a therapy session. Um, ironically enough, um, just kind of working through some things, working through kind of my anger. I have a lot of anger issues. Part of it is because y'all keep pissing me off. Boy. But, but I have to understand and I have to learn to not allow y'all to piss me off. Um, and that's kind of what we're working on as well. Some just negative thought processes. Um, I got to figure out the next step because my EAP was was making the use free ninety nine. Now we're no oh, longer, okay. Now we're no longer free ninety nine. We got to figure out what the fuck we about to do because you know. So insurance doesn't supplement that at all. So it's one of those things. My my insurance for my company is low key shitty because it's like I have this deductible and I and you know it's a new year so like ain't no uh, ain't no deductible. You know what I'm saying like. And they played you. Played <laughs> me like a mother. Oh yeah, honey. Listen, the only thing that's a calendar year at my job is insurance. Like my PTO goes from the date of hire, but everything else is calendar year. So I had money sitting in my HSA. Like, bro, I'm gonna say this appointment, that appointment, order new glasses. Like, I got rid of all of that. And so, man, so I'm looking into trying to figure out. Okay, like I was trying to call them yesterday, but you know they make it so hard to get to anybody of an actual person, especially during the holiday season. Right, so hard. And but you know there's a couple options, whether it's talk space, whether it's you know continuing to look for another therapist that's you know maybe a little more in the price range or whatever, whatever the case may be. Because I I found out that like mental health has to be as important to me as my physical health. Right, and so. That's why we're going back, getting back into the gym, going early because, um, like six in the morning, six thirty in the morning, because that's the only guaranteed free time that I have. Everything else is on a maybe, and you work a full day. You come in, you record a podcast. I work in several different jobs on various time frames. I don't feel like working out after, after in the afternoon. I want to go home and go to sleep and watch TV. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> all that. So like, kind Poor of child, because TV was real spicy today. Um, and so just kind of working through that, and so just my goals were mental health, physical health, and more organization. 
nigga using a planner for the first time since. Oh, honey, my planner. I live and die. Bro, since like, I don't think since high school. I don't think I even used one in college. Like, and like just, just trying to get more organized with shit. Um, I even got like a mason jar so I could fill it up with. When good things happen to me, so I could fill it up. So when we get to the end of the year, I can remember. Okay. It wasn't shitty. It wasn't all the I fuck with that idea. You know, I, I think I stole it from some Pinterest or somebody who posted so, it. So for my birthday last year, my son's godmother actually got me a jar full of affirmations. Mm-hmm. And it's full. Like, I did not use that jar the way I should have. Because there were a lot of moments this year, last year, that should have took me out the game and were mentally drained me. And I literally didn't dawn on me that I have a jar full of things that she, one person in this world that I know has my best interests at heart filled with. And I did not use, utilize that the way I should. I fumbled that. Um, and so just kind of like that way I can look back and say like, hey, you know, this 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 year wasn't as shitty as you may think it is. Mm-hmm. Look at all the because this year, 2018, you know, I had a hard time of thinking like of a positive, but I had an easy time thinking of the negative, and I yeah. want to change that. Yeah. Um. But as far as like after Christmas, I've been I was at the game. Like um, <laughs> it started, and I'm telling it because it even started with a stomach virus. Or Gomez salsa. And we not gonna put that on Gomez salsa. There was something going around because even I got sick Christmas Eve. I hope so, cause you do you understand how hurt I was when I ate Gomez and was sick hours later. You understand? It, was, it felt like a breakup. It felt like I got <laughs> cheated on. You understand me? It was like after all we've been through, this is how you treat me. This is what are you raggedy you, bitch. Mm, boy, I <laughs> Could have sprayed the entire, and you start thinking about it like, I'm gonna air this bitch out. Because <laughs> I, bro, when we talk about, and it, it, it was like, it wasn't like a, a quick, a quick twenty four hour bug where you back at it, nigga. It took me out the game through New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't do shit on New Year's Eve. I, I was back in my house in my bed by twelve thirty five. I had a fever. And had st- and I took my ass to work, and then my boss realized how like red my eyes were and sent me home. He was like, "You can't be here, not because we don't love you, but like you're, I can't have you here you're sick. A, you're a liability." Yeah, because you get the whole office sick. And the irony behind that was somebody in my office got me sick that he refused to send home, and like she got a cold, was coughing up a storm in the office, and then I caught her cold, and then my super like my director caught a stomach virus that I then got. So all y'all couldn't stay home, but I got to go home? Oh, gladly. I got paid to be home, but that's not the point. The point is, y'all shouldn't have got me sick. Shouldn't have got me sick to begin with. Because it had to be a stomach virus, because that that stomach virus was going through the entire city. Everybody had a stomach virus. And so, (laughs) It's either because y'all don't know how to wash your hands or everybody fucking everybody. But I I ain't going to be messy. I'm not fucking everybody. I ain't going to be messy today. I'm not fucking... If y'all getting y'all catching stomach viruses, y'all nasty. Y'all nasty. Um, they don't make condoms for that cow. Really though, no, you can't even, you're out here swapping spit with fucking niggas. Oh goddamn! Oh, God. Hold on, how you out here swapping spit with niggas who ain't got insurance, beloved? Who me? No, not you. No. I'm just saying y'all got to change your habits now. Listen, y'all got to do better. Hofax. <laughs> that was problem. We gonna move on. Hofax is gender neutral. You're right. You're right. I give you that. I give, I'll give you that. But yeah, so I'm finally feeling better. You know what I'm saying? Like, finally have an appetite. I didn't have an appetite for a week. You know how trash that is? Um, wait a minute. When I get sick is when I'm the most snatched because I don't have an appetite. And, and, I, and I drop weight. Like, Bro, it's, 
Bro, it was it was the greatest diet plan ever. A great five pounds, and I looked at myself in the mirror like you should probably do that more often. <laughs> go ahead, get sick. Go ahead and get sick once a month, <laughs> girl. But look, so I'm glad I'm here. We here now. Um, so let's we got to talk about like the main issue. We go, <laughs> we gonna start. We gonna start with the we gonna start with the fuck shit, and then end with something light, lighthearted, the, the light and the positivity. Please. Um. All right. So so lifetime. Um, if you're under a rock and you haven't aren't aware, Lifetime released a six-part docu series called "Surviving R. Kelly." Um, I know I could only make it through the first two parts before I was like fed up and I just couldn't watch anymore. Did you watch? You watched all six? I did. Didn't watch the last part um, because honestly, as a survivor of sexual assault, um, it's painful. And it's very triggering, and it's extremely dark. And it's extremely detailed, and and you really start to kind of, it's like, like like okay, so we'll we'll just get straight to the shit, right? Um, it it, it detailed, and we so we have to we have to say alleged because nothing's been nothing's been he hasn't been convicted of anything. So, but I the problem that I have with alleged, and because we have to be technical. All of these are are allegations. I'm going to get that out the way now so that I can stop sugarcoating. Um, The part that bothers me the most is, okay, these are all allegations because he hasn't been brought up on charges. And the court of law... The charges that he he was brought up on, he was acquitted. Acquitted of. Right. But in the court of law and the court of public opinion... The court of public opinion, he did that shit. According to who? Because if the court of public opinion, are you sure? Because... It, when I say it, it's it, and I hate to I even hate to feel like this, but it's split because it depends on who you ask and which generation you ask and which people you type of people you ask and fans and not fans, because the people there are still masses amount of people who are caping for R. Kelly masses. So in the court of public opinion, oh, well, what about like you get hit with the what about? Yeah, what, what's, what about is right. And, and, and so. When you first told me that, I was like, nah, I can't be. Then I start, then if you shut the fuck up, you allow people to reveal themselves. And I was seeing people men and I'm women. I'm cool with. People I've shaken hands with. People, and crazy thing is that some, one couple, one or two of these folks has actually met my child. So to see the fact that you are literally a rapist apologist and you've been around children, my child specifically, bro, I'm ready to knock your koofy off. Number one. Number two. How can you see this? I see the this? future child psychologist say this shit. Yeah, I saw that too. And I'm like, how the fuck are you gonna? How? How? So my quick, like, there's so much to start with yeah, that it's hard and, and where me, to start. Let me start for timer because we ain't trying to because it is important, but I'm not trying to spend. All I'm not day. spending all day on this one because honestly, I know where I feel. I would need therapy after having this conversation. And I know where I feel on it. So right. So the part that. I wanted to touch on first was everybody talks about what Aaliyah, 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 because that's kind of the hey, most. Fuck Aaliyah's parents, first and foremost. First of all, foremost, fuck Aaliyah's parents, because how dare y'all sit here and talk about the girl's legacy or not tarnishing her legacy. But the only music of hers that you can stream right now are owned by R. Kelly. 
Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Number one, I'm also going to start with, if you look at Chicago and Atlanta specifically, they are huge sex trafficking hubs yes, in and, the United States. Because they're they're connected to so many different highways that can go so many different directions. Um, Chicago's you know relatively close to Canada and Toronto and that whole situation. Atlanta runs straight up and down. Straight up and down and, and east and west. You can get anywhere from there. So... Also, for the Super Bowl that's going to be in Atlanta in a couple in a couple weeks, be careful, be, be smart, careful. be aware. That's one trip you are not going. You should not be going by yourself because there's so many people from out of town that are going to be there, and it's easy for you to be there and then not be there. Because the Super Bowl in general is a huge sex trafficking event because of the amount of out-of-towners it brings to whatever city is is hosting it. And Atlanta's already that because of its location, geography, and way it's built. Those two things together, please be careful. Do not go to Atlanta by yourself if you're not from there. And even if you are from there, I have family in Atlanta that already told me that I'm not allowed to get a hotel room for that weekend. I have to stay at home. Like, I have to stay with them if I can come down because of how, like, terrified they are they know what time it is and so but yeah so and that's where our Kelly shoe homes are or, or chicago and atlanta as a matter of fact he's under investigation in georgia i saw it on today but yeah. it's according to tmz so but here's the thing with tmz i know we slander tmz but tmz has moles in every police department because that's the only way we're getting this information yeah. so like t- tmz as shitty as it sounds, has become a reputable source of certain shit. Of all things. The crazy thing is that the fact that we're getting facts, facts, like legitimately, I can Google facts from the shade room, Is but that's a different... I'm following the shade room as a form of self-care. Yeah, it is. But, so, so continue with your initial... So, Aaliyah, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Aaliyah and, like, the conditioning of young black girls and i'm going to speak specifically to black women because that's who his victims were these were black women and i think a lot of times because if he was touching on a little white girl he'd have been under the jail by now we know that i so, can't argue yeah that's i can't if argue he was that. if we if these were little white girls that he Instead was of Aaliyah, on, if it was amber right it'd have been it'd if alia was britney spears this would be a non-topic it'd have been over over okay so we condition young black girls by dehumanizing them excuse me sexualizing them early and then dehumanizing them so the only way art kelly would have been able to get to Aaliyah is through access to her parents because she was a minor minor as fuck she was a minor they think when i think about who i was at 15 16 and he got her before that he she met him when they he was she was 12 12 right well so here you are with this grown man Right? You are 12 years old. And R. Kelly is at this point 26, 27. There's a grown man giving you a time, giving you attention, giving you affection, complimenting you, telling you how great you are. Paying for shit. Paying for things. Like going out of his way for you at 12 years old. You're going to start to think that not only are you the shit, but this is normal. Because grown men, boys your age, don't treat you that way. 12-year-old boys are mean as fuck. Yeah, they're assholes. They are my, little. My my nephew right now is twelve, and that little shit, boy, I, I be wanting to Homer's Bart Simpson choke strangle that kid sometimes. I love him to death. So when you think about who twelve year old boys are versus twelve year old girls versus who a twelve year old girl is, and I'm not saying twelve year old girls aren't assholes because they are, but when a twelve year old girl is receiving attention from an older man that isn't her peer, from a man who isn't her peer, 
and it's affection instead of the bullshit that she's getting from men her actual age, that shit looks and feels great. Mm-hmm. I'm t- like, then, so then you start to, this older man is telling you that, oh no, it's fine, baby girl, it's fine. Like, gets into that sweet talk, that bullshit. You start to condition your mind to think that this affection is normal. And then the lack of adult intervention. Who was the adult in her life that was supposed to say my nigga no? Her parents. Her parents. So R. Kelly, wrong as shit. Her parents, accountable as fuck. And I think, and I saw some people that said, like, mentioning anybody but R. Kelly was victim blaming or passing. No, it's possible for multiple parties to be at fault here. Oh, there are multiple. There were multiple people involved in the way R. Kelly got access. First of all, the man can barely read and write. Do the literate. R. Kelly is illiterate. He's not booking these flights. He's not signing his own contracts. He's not dishing out money. He's not, no. These are people seeking, he's got hired help. His bodyguard. His former tour manager. His tour manager. There were too many people around him that enabled this behavior. And it's one of those things where even, because he, like, how he made it through the 12th to the 12th grade before dropping out is a shine of, we enable people, because R. Kelly was also a hooper. So they they was like, I know you can't read and write, but you can sing and you can play ball, so come, come on through. Come on through. Even though we can't, and, and, and I think, ironically, of all people, Nick Cannon made this point, is that part of, what he believes is part of R. Kelly's pursuit of, younger women is that they are they are on the same mind level they are on the same like intellectual level that r kelly this grown-ass man is with these 12 13 14 you mean 15. maturity wise because he can't i mean i mean like maturity i mean like as an in, literally intellectually because if a man can't read or write if you think he's going to impress women his age with fucking conversation after you get to pass the point where he's a singer and or they have a lot of money that it makes sense as to the why it does not excuse the behavior no, in total. It's still fuck R. Kelly. It's always going to be fuck R. Kelly. But uh, that was just something I thought. But it, it so yeah, the con- my bad. But the conditioning of Aaliyah is is you start there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Your condi- your mind and yourself is conditioned to think that this type of attention is normal. It is not. So then you start getting into the manipulation, which is why well, let me backtrack, which is why Drake texting Millie Bobby Brown was inappropriate as fuck and cringeworthy. Because when I heard about it, I was like, in my head, I want that to be innocent interaction. But in my heart, in my, in my, the logic in me was like, Alex, that's how conditioning begins. Because you have Drake as fucking Drake texting an up and coming star as Millie Bobby Brown as a fucking teenager. What the fuck do y'all niggas have to talk about? Oh, he's giving me advice about boys and telling me about my career. Girl, that's not the interaction between y'all is not normal. That's not normal. Like as someone, even even me, right? As a uh, twenty-seven, I don't want to talk to no fourteen, fifteen. I don't want to unless she's related to me, and I'm telling her like, "Yo, like, put her on game as like my sister or my." I don't want to talk to us like about. I don't want updates on her dating life. I'll shoot all these niggas. All of them. As a matter of fact, I have. A, a relative who is getting ready to be a teenager this year and a relative who's a boy child and in my head you're a boy child but I, and he's related to my son so that's how we're related but I'm still very careful about how we interact because in my head I'm your mom like in my head like I'm like no auntie, like- I'm auntie Alex as fuck like our relationship will be nothing short of that I can't look at and like I can't look at you and see sex but that's also because I'm not a fucking pedophile. There it is. Um, and like, 
I look at it as, and even, and so we talk about like abuse, right? Um, and I don't want to erase anything, but, and I'm this is not excusing R. Kelly's behavior, but because R. Kelly and his brothers, it showed a pattern because those who are victims of abuse sometimes end up becoming the people that they feared, right? It's a lot of it. And when I think about R. Kelly, Stockholm Syndrome comes to mind because his mother, he admitted that his mother was his abuser, but he was also in love with his abuser. Odious, I can't pronounce it, but it's that complex. Like it's like it's like a the Oedipus complex. Oedipus, I saw O and I wanted to. But Oedipus <laughs> you complex. fall in love with your mother and mother-like figures, and it's an inappropriate relationship, right. and it makes it worse that his mother was one of his abusers. Right, as long along with his older sister. So it's disgusting. And I even look at it like, and you know, as far as like. We we over sexualize black children from the beginning, um, but just the difference is is how black boys versus black girls, right? Like I look at it like mm-hmm. I, I saw the video. Um, this is a little off topic, but I saw the video of Little Wayne describing to Little Twist, who was fifteen at the time, how Baby and a Slim made a hooker give him head at eleven, and then it kind of reminded me and about my own experiences mm-hmm. that. When you're going through them, you don't think this is abuse because, you know, it, it, you're like, it's normal. This babysitter's like, you know, like 19 year old babysitter fucking on a 12 year old. And that's how a lot of black men lost their virginity. And when I hear it, I was like, I'm it makes my stomach turn when I'm talking to a guy or one of my male friends tells me that uh, Alex, like, yeah, I lost my virginity. My babysitter was like 18. I was 12. You didn't have game. You were manipulated. Yeah, you were co- coerced, right? Like co- you were like I was. Co- you were was abused. Coerced. That's abuse. Because I was, a, it was like I didn't lose my virginity to it, but it was like the shit that like, you know you start thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute, right? This this wasn't right. This wasn't right. And the fact that like uh, and and because it started that like that sexual awakening earlier for me at 14, I'm thinking that everyone around me is having sex. I'm thinking I gotta have sex. Lost my virginity to an 18 year old. That's not, and then I then I start telling the story to people my age now. They're looking at me like, nigga, what? that's not normal. Or, you know, we can even talk about how your homeboy, or not yours specifically, but some folks out there got homies that are twenty seven, and y'all are still talking to seventeen year old girls. Fam, even like that, I used to not hate normal. I used to hate that, like the girls in high school would have these college-ass boyfriends or have these boyfriends, you know, the niggas, the niggas on a block but would have all the money, come pick them up, drop them off. He said, hate that shit because they would take all the women I wanted. I didn't understand, I thought that was, but I thought that was just a game. I thought that was just how, well, that's just how shit goes, I guess. No, nigga, these niggas were fucking predators. Like, and you get, and like, and when you're 18, of course you think, you know, you, this 27-year-old talking to you is normal. But when you get 27, I don't want shit to do with a goddamn 18-year-old. There's nothing. We ain't got shit to talk an about. An 18-year-old child can offer me. We ain't got shit to talk about. And I am 27 years old. And I guarantee talking to a 25-year-old for me feels weird. We ain't got even even some of Even some of the homies that women and men who are like 21, 22, I'm like, oh, baby, you're so, you got so much to learn. Like you had so much. You got, would, you yeah, got, even like talking like 25 year old. Like I have a girl that I work with who's 21 and I was like, girl, you have. And she talks to me and I'm just like, I really am closer to 30 than I am 20 because you have so much. I still look at you as a fledgling baby because I understand what life really what going through your 20s is all about bro, at this point. It, so like you cannot tell me like, no, you 
and, and when I hear men talk about younger women, like even Kanye West cons- uh, comments to Travis Scott about getting her, getting Kylie Jenner young while she's young. Boy, That's t- sick. Boy, Tiger t- t- put Kylie Jenner on a goddamn red shirt. For like two years, and then everyone knew they was dating and fucking, but didn't announce it till like the day she turned eighteen. But put her on, and, and then Charlamagne's nasty ass was the one that's like, yes, "I see you put her on red shirt, good for you." No, nigga, leave, leave girls alone. Leave these girls, cause that's what they are, girls alone. Her period ain't even regular yet, and you fucking on her, fucking up her goddamn pH cycle. Her damn menstrual cycle, fucking up her pH balance. She don't even know what it is yet. She don't even know what it is yet, and here your nasty ass is. Like it, it really does bother me because y'all, the conditioning of young black girls starts then because you dehumanize them. No, you sexualize them first because how many of us were told that you're being fast, or how many of us were told that you can't wear, do a certain act, certain things because, uh, you know, that's being fast. Like you're telling me that I'm being fast instead of checking the predator that's in your home. And, I'm not being fast. I'm a, I'm a teenage girl. And even it, like it was one of those things where like, and this is something I can't necessarily fully relate to. But I can remember my mom saying like, stay away from the little them little fast ass girls, right? And it was like, and as as a mom to something like, I'm like, all right, but you know, but it's like, why? Why are they fast? Because but, because because they hit puberty and their bodies are changing. That's they can't. They can't it. help that. Or I was always told. That my my mother had a way of shaping words to me and sh- and framing things. She said, "There's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but you're not old enough to understand what you're doing, so don't do it." And until you're able to understand what you're doing, that's when you can start exploring that option. And I was just like, in my head, that makes sense because the shit that I'm doing now is completely okay. The things I was getting into then are not not because the action is wrong, because I wasn't mature enough to understand what I was doing and the gravity right. of what I was doing. You know what I'm so these young girls that can talk about consent and age of consent at 16, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with my body, especially because I'm still having trouble. I struggle with understanding my body at 27. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the age of consent is 16, but that's it's the, first and foremost, the law can be fucked up. Like we say the law is fucked up when the stand your ground law allows George Zimmerman to crip walk out of the fucking prison. But we, but when it comes to the age of consent, we go to the law of the land like it's fucking bible no it's not first of all because at in the state of ohio and please somebody y'all my at is in there and correct me i want to be correct on this but correct me the age of consent in ohio is 16 but it's four years from 16 so 16 17 18 19 20 right if your boyfriend or fucking man that you're fucking with is 21 that's still statutory that's statutory rape it's statutory rape the age of consent is 16 plus four years. So the man that she's sleeping with, or the girl that he's sleeping with, can only be four years older than him. I remember being at prom or being on, like, being like being around the prom committee when they were putting things together in high school. My right. senior year of high school, I was 17 years old. And them telling, like, having, you can't have a 21-year-old boyfriend bring you to prom. That was a rule. And mothers were writing in to say, oh, my daughter can't go bring her boyfriend to prom. First of all, bitch, why is your 17-year-old high school student dating a 21-year-old? And why is that okay with you? Exactly. It's like, and it's one of those things where I think some of it is as you, if you knew better, you do better. But so I, I can't, I can't blame, and I don't ever want to blame the 17-year-old girl because she don't, 
They don't know better. You don't know better. But 21-year-old, on the other hand. Your mother and father or whoever your parental figure is should know, know, better. Should know better. But I also have to go back to when you're taught different, you teach different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times our elders were taught that these relationships were okay. Because they were doing it. Because they were doing it. And it wasn't crim- It wasn't demonized as it is today. But because you know better, you do better. Right. And because you know how impressionable a 16-year-old girl is. They're not needing these men for survival anymore. We don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to get married at 16 in order to make sure you have kids so they can go tend the fucking farm. You don't have to do that anymore. We're we're not giving our black girls a chance. And I think when we start talking about... It, it starts with the... Like I said, it starts with the sexualization of black girls. And then you dehumanize them by telling them that the way that they feel and going through their hormone the hormonal changes and shifts is the devil in them or that they're starting to feel sexual feelings towards the opposite or same sex is them being fast and then you start to dehumanize their actual experience instead of talking them with them and creating a healthy for them to feel safe and healthy in their body cuz it's going to change whether they accept it or not like that 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 train don't stop and i just remember I remember the conversation me and a, me and someone had about like how their mother had no idea what how to handle them getting their first period. Like Shorty's in fucking I think it's Burlington Co-Factor or whatever, cramps going crazy, about to cry, and all she and all and all the mothers like, do you need to shit? Like, no, like no, Shorty going through something. I remember like. You know what I'm saying? Like me going for puberty, and mind you, it's it's so it's so different because I didn't even have a father figure in the house to tell me what the fuck this is going on. I'm just like my mom had to try to tell me, and she's like, I don't know. Nigga. Oh, like your dick falling off, my nigga. Like, <laughs> what is she gonna do? So but that's I, the thing. Like, I thank God for every premenstrual program I ever went through, everything my mom ever taught me herself, because I was prepared. When I got my first cycle, I was prepared. I had more than what I needed. It was actually before a track meet. And I was like, oh, shit, okay, well, that's what that is. Who who got me? So my homegirl was able to, you know, cover me but until I got home. But at the same time, like, that's because my household was very liberal with those conversations. We had it up front. This is what this feels like. Right. So, but when you're not raised in that kind of environment, every every milestone or every peak, especially as a young black girl that you go through seems traumatic because the people around you aren't equipped to help you handle that shit. So that's how you start to break down the psychology of these black girls. That's how we get dehumanized. So predators like R. Kelly, because we're not being protected at home, are able to swoop right in. And and R. Kelly did, I hate to say a great job, but he picked his victims wisely. Because A, a there's an alternate reality that R. Kelly is dead this second. Because he picked the wrong one and someone up a strap on him and blew his face away. Which I'm glad brings us to our next point. I would like to personally say how freaking the tears that I cried. Actually, when I found out that Cynthia Brown was being released. I cried. Because if you're not familiar with the Cynthia Brown story, the girl was sex trafficked at what age? I want to say I saw it 16. She's, saw, no, she's been in jail she, 16 she, she, she'd years. She's been in jail since so probably like... 14, 15. Right. So she was around the age of, say, a young Aaliyah. Now, let's let's trade Cynthia Brown, which is a story that not everybody's familiar with, with an Aaliyah who everybody knows, right? Rest in peace, baby girl. Rest in peace, baby girl. And you take a, an Aaliyah, right, who's sex trafficked by somebody like an R. Kelly and has been raped and abused over and over again, day in, day out. 
and Aaliyah finds a handgun and offs an R. Kelly. So now you have a young Aaliyah sitting in jail for the past 16 years because she decided to rape the man. I mean, kill the man that had abusing her for the past day in, day out. Day in, day out. For, for a year. For years. And it's not, and R. Kelly could be a number of the faceless men that have been in and out of this girl's sex life. Not even sex life. It's not consensual. So just in and out of her. She decides to kill him in self-defense and spend 16 years in jail. Was granted clemency today. How does that not move you in a way that says something's not right? And how are we not protecting our black girls? How are, how are, how are we still coming up missing? And how is nobody still looking for us? How are we falling through the cracks? How does this keep, how, how is this able to happen and then keep happening? Why are we not important? Why is nobody listening? Why does nobody care? And in, in, in R. Kelly's, um, in R. Kelly's situation, right? Because R. Kelly was a meal ticket. He was, he was the golden goose. He was the golden egg. And so you saw a lot of people, even those who try to distance themselves but not tell nobody because they didn't want to fuck up a check. And a lot of these parents sold their daughter off for a check. Like, for instance, Sparkle's niece got sold. And the 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 purchaser... The, the, the bass player was still... The bass player is her father. R. Kelly's bass player is Sparkle's niece's father. So Sparkle through the alley. Oop. And Sparkle's... By the way, Sparkle's niece, for those who don't know, is the girl on the R. Kelly tape. The R. Kelly piss tape. That's, that's who we're, we're referring to. Sparkle's niece... And I love... Kind of love hate how her name was never released. Because at least the girl, if you... If you don't know... If you don't know, she still has a chance at life. Right. Because the, where do you go from there? You, do you go? Like, do you of, go from there? It's one of those things where it's like... I mean, think about Monica Lewinsky, right? Monica, like, her name has become a verb. She's still the butt of a lot of jokes. Her name has become a verb. Oh, like, she... Oh, you so, Lewinsky, huh? You got Lewinsky. Oh, okay, cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I'm, I'm actually... I'm happy... That her, we don't know this woman's name, that so she she can never get over the trauma that she has gone through, but at least that's not the first thing that anyone will think if they don't know already. Right. But and you know what's crazy is I think about her mental space today, and how you still have people around you who are on national television, Sparkle, collecting a check off of your story for not protecting you. Uh, did they? I don't think they collected a check. I don't think they paid them. I don't think they. I bait. They, they, so everybody. Dream, Dream Hampton said they didn't pay them. Okay. Well, but still, how somebody is getting notoriety off of after selling you? Because Sparkle sat there on national television and said, "I was smart enough to protect myself, but not my family." Bro, she literally said she literally saw Andrea Kelly, and we'll talk about her in a minute. A minute. <sighs> Andrew Kelly have to ask permission as his to come into her own basement in her own home to ask to get something to eat because she was being abused. And then you sat on the couch and said, it couldn't be me. Right. Which. And then, oh, but it could be your niece. It couldn't be you, but it could be your niece. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. And that was and I was like, that was one of the shocking things. I was like, yo, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> it couldn't be you, but it could be your family. And, and you, you want to sit there and talk about how dare you. 
And, you and then your father is his bass player. So, and a lot of times, I don't think I think I, I don't think about a setup. I think about being sold. That little girl got sold, bought and sold, over and over again. Or the young woman who went on to talk about how she miscarried R. Kelly's child. How you were not alone was written about her miscarrying this child, Ooh. and then her mother getting paid a thousand dollar check. You got bought and sold too. Uh, and then Aaliyah's family got paid a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars to to silence them from marrying her. As your road manager was in the room to forge documents and laughed about it on national television. And and so I talked about like how the culture enabled R. Kelly. And it's and it's somewhat sickening. It's somewhat we, sickening to see the revisionist history that like of uh, of everyone now kind of being like, oh my God. But like the culture. But see the him. fans enabled R. Kelly too. Because a lot of y'all, and to this day, there's some of y'all on my timeline that I really had to, like, reconsider my friendship and my involvement with you at all. Because you got on Al Gore's internet in the big 2019 and said, I mean, R. Kelly is a sick motherfucker, but step in the name of love, though. And, this, and, and so, and let's get to that for a minute, because I don't want to spend the entire podcast on it, but you know me. You know I'm a, I'm I kind of side towards the whole art from artists thing for a lot of people. If you're a fan of hip hop and R and B, you almost have to for for a lot of it. But I can't do it for Kelly. His music is literally about abusing young girls. His music is a confession. All of them, all of his songs. Remember that 19 minute long record of him admitting I didn't, everything. I didn't, I didn't listen. To I didn't it. listen to it either, but I know it's out there. And and then you and then you start putting the putting the pieces retroactively putting the pieces together, right? Sex me, AJ number to number. AJ you were not alone. Alone. AJ nothing but a number. That should have been the first fucking thing. Like R. Kelly produced an album for a 15 year old Aaliyah called AJ nothing but a number, and he's in the background of a cover like a fucking creep. He calls himself the Pied Piper of R&B, and if you're not aware of what the Pied Piper story is, the Pied Piper, when he didn't get paid for 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 a service, played his flute and lured all the little kids out of a town and lured them with him. The Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory is about Willy Wonka never wanting to grow up. My mind's telling me no, but my body is telling, telling me yes. yes. But because he made I Believe I Can Fly. Oh, and had us all of our children singing. I remember singing I Believe I Can Fly. We all sang it at least one of them graduations. I remember it being and like I was visiting a church and hearing I Believe I Can Fly. And And it's like... It's like the perfect mixture of Sinister and Sin, and it was put right in front of our faces. And for those of us, see, my parents were never with the shits. I was never an R. Kelly fan because I didn't grow up with R. Kelly. It was never played around me. Like, if I was listening to R. Kelly, I was either at a party or was on the radio by chance. Like, I got, my parents never said, oh, we support this because they have already, my parents have always known what time it was with him. Always known. I was never allowed to be an R. Kelly fan. And so, and so because, and so for you, the, 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 the split was easy. I was never, bro, there was no split. You, you, I was never a fan. And then when I started to be able to piece it for myself, I was like, oh, well, I wasn't a fan anyway. So it's easy for me to disregard his music. I was never attached to that. And so, and so I, I understand to an extent, like those who had a different, who were, who grew up attached, right? Like, you know, and because demand was good. At what he got paid to do, right? Like, if you just go through the discography of everything, not only the shit he performed himself, but the shit he gave away. 
the man was good, but that doesn't excuse that shouldn't have excused all the fuck shit that he did. And the issue with and some and we'll touch on this is like the issue is I already I said this when we talked about Bill Cosby. Equality is never about getting away with the same level of fuck shit that someone else gets away with. That, sh- that shouldn't be your version equality of equality. should be the you getting the same punishment. Are they getting the same punishment as your ass needs to get? And that's my problem. I'm glad you mentioned it because that's my problem when everybody's talking about what about Weinstein? What about Matt Lahr? What about Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey was actually in court yesterday. These men are getting held accountable. Trust me, it's coming. But the problem that I'm having with the whole what about conversation or what about ism is that do you want black men to be exonerated the way that these white men are? Or do you want white men to actually be getting the same punishment as, say, your Cosby's and R. Kelly's? Like, and it just ties back to my argument a lot of times that black men don't want equality. They want white male privilege. You want the ability to abuse the way white men do because that conversation nullifies itself. Every time. And, and, and there's and there's and there is something to be said as far as how mainstream media will take a black man and drag him through the mud. But my thing, R. Kelly ain't the hill to die. That's on. not the hill to die on. There's other examples to prove and your point that isn't R. R. Kelly. But there's also duality. And a lot of it is okay, the system is corrupt. And R. Kelly's and Cosby's and Weinstein's do need to be held accountable at the same rate, at the same time. But y'all can't sit here and talk about the what about isms and compare it to R. Kelly's situation. You cannot do that because you make yourself a fool every time. That's not the hill to die on. You want to talk about injustice? Okay, let's tie it back to Cynthia Brown. She got, okay, she got granted clemency. The girl is still on probation for 10 years and isn't going to be released until August. You want to talk about inequalities and injustices? That's one of them. The hills that y'all choose to die on are typically centered around black men that should be held accountable anyway. And that's the problem with that argument I'm always going to have an issue with. And and so the, the flip side I get, right, I get like wanting Weinstein or Matt Lauer or Kevin Spacey to be dragged, to get their six-part docuseries. I understand that. But that doesn't mean R. Kelly shouldn't, shouldn't be- got his. Because, again, like, if you really value this culture, if you value the experience and like the the exclusive club being a black man in America is because it is an exclusive club because can't no one tell you about your experiences besides that you should you should be sickened at R. Kelly and and his enablers and his apologists that are black men because we're tarnishing our legacy not only just that but they are abusing the same women that y'all claim to care so much about they're abusing black women. His victims are black women. His victims look like your mother and your sister. And you shouldn't be associated with the black women or have to have some type of association or relationship with the black women in order to know that we're worth we're worthy of protection. But the, the, the thing is, every black man has an association with a black woman. Because you're a black man. That should be enough. I'm a black man. I'm not going to see something that looks like me, comes of me, protects me, and holds me down abused and mistreated and mishandled and we do that and when it comes to black women black men fumble that bag every time and i've seen it in my mentions and in my comments and and online and everywhere around me it leaves me feeling like who are the black men in my life i can trust it was one of those and it's like because again like when you first mentioned i was like because I when it because it always starts like it always always see the reaction to the backlash before i see what caused it right right so i'm just like 
who are all, like I thought out of all the things we could agree on this, right? Of all the things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that was the I was so literally there are certain men in my life now that I look at completely different. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, and so because again at first I'm like because we people do have this habit right of creating the narrative to go against it like there's certain things that i i see that i i don't i see reaction to things i never saw the initial thing of right and so i thought this was one of them things i'm like okay like ain't all really out here defending r kelly but no then, they are really out and, here defending and r kelly to, and i had to i had to see it with my own eyes and i'm like yo what the fuck and so and i and, and not only black men the black women defending R. Kelly. Black women listening to testimonies of other black women and still... Now, okay, you got your sparkle and you got your Andrea Kelly. I understand. Like, stock, that could be some of Stockholm-ish. There's a little Stockholm. There's a little... With Andrea Kelly, I definitely see some Stockholm syndrome. Definitely can see it. But... And I understand there are holes in both their stories and both their... I, I understand that. But even that goes back to when you look at the actual percentage of rape victims compared to false allegations... Only two percent of rape allegations are false. It's two, two, I think it's two to ten. The last numbers, but still, it's not. It's, it's not, not like, a it's, significant it's, it's, amount. It's not fifty-fifty. It's not fifty-fifty. So that means that y'all, y'all are out here doing it. And so when you have, you are out here raping and abusing women. You are. The allegations are out there. So when you start to talk about, you know, that, you have to do some some work. There's some work that needs to be done because are you. You, when men start to apologize for R. Kelly's behavior or excuse it, that in my head, that lets me know that, okay, so you've got some rapey tendencies yourself because you're seeing your own reflection being held accountable. So now you're starting to deflect. Now you're starting to apologize. Now you're starting to make the narrative seem less than what it actually is. Because you've, you, you've had that. You was in college still dating a high schooler. Exactly. That was you. And and, and, and we'll wrap it up because, again, I, I'll – refuse to spend all podcasts on this fuck no. but it's like it's one of those things where this really it, it opened my eyes and i was really i was really disappointed with just the reaction i saw from from all walks of black life oh Whether, my heart my feelings definitely got hurt from from my from from definitely from, got hurt. from the black from the black man i saw still defending him to the black women i saw Saying like, well, we knew, well, them girls knew what they was getting into Girl, from the from you from you still me. out here getting manipulated by thirty year old women, thirty year old men at your big age of of late twenties, but fifteen year old girls are supposed to know what the hell they doing from the young and the old, because we thought it was just the aunties and the uncles. No, too. the young niggas still. My peers are out here, really out here in the big in the big two thousand nineteen, really out here defending a rapist, and and. I thought we were better than that. I honestly thought we, as a culture, in my heart, were were better. In my heart, I still have faith that this will be the generation that really starts to protect Black women. But and my like my mom used to say, the revolution is always gonna have some casualties. There's casualties to every war, and in this one, in this battle, some of your homies are casualties. And if you're not ready to start holding those people around you uh, accountable for the way they think, because the way they think and the way they act, Coraline, like, and a lot of people think this is just jokes, but I was always taught that your jokes are an extension of your intelligence. So what the hell you find funny says a lot about what you think and how you think. So 
I I see you. I see straight through you. I see straight through you. That's my thought on that. I could go all day, but I, you know. I refuse to. to I refuse to go all day about this. I refuse to dedicate an entire podcast to this man. So. With that being with said. With that being said. Um. Let's talk about. All right. So, y'all. I am so tardy to this party. Oh, big late. I am <laughs> big late. late. <laughs> I am so late to this party, but I am a fan. I am sucked in. I am engulfed. I'm a Game of Thrones girl. As a matter of fact, my my Twitter tag online for a second, like two seconds, was Coco Khaleesi. And somebody inboxed me like, are you late? That's been a thing already. That's been a thing already. Listen, so, so how far you get? All right, so right now I'm on season five. Yeah, you still you way ahead of me. <laughs> right, you way ahead of me. I am on season five. I want to say episode two. So yeah, you can't you can't spoil it for me. I can't say I can't talk about it. I'm gonna just talk about it from where you are. But right now, I'm gonna just say that this there's a there's a witch, the red fire witch, whatever her name is, bro. She got some work to do. My man's can't go out like this. He can't. And if y'all know where season five is, where I'm at the watchtower and it's a man down situation and I don't want to believe it. And it can't be so. It can't it can't be so. Because if it was so, they would have burned his body by now and they haven't done it. And I'm just I'm like, I'm waiting in my heart, my freaking heart. So, like, I tried to watch Game of Thrones before. I got through maybe three episodes. I was the same way. I think I got through two episodes. And I was like, this is... This is boring. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> bored. I am. What the fuck? I was tweeting and doing everything else but watching the show. I was like, I'm bored. This is trash. Because um, was, it was when I was rooming with Beloved, that we're going to shout out later in the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he had HBO. He was already hip to it. So he was like, look. And so I watched my... Right. The first episode, I was like, when, when it ended, it was like, oh, shit. They, they killed the kid. I was like, oh, if I've been to the second episode, they go deal some shit. No. No. So I'm like, all right, cool. The first episode starts, you get a peek at the White Walkers. And then you, it, 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 it's spooky season, right? It's spooky. And I'm like, okay, that's what we doing. And then, then I realized that, like, it's season five and winter has still not come. <laughs> bro, so y'all bro, just going to, so bro, when is time coming? Moved, time in even in just the first season I've watched so far, and I'm I'm gonna we gonna get it right, but time moves so, so weird. slow because it's like, bro, is it months or days? Like, is it? Because I'm trying to figure out how the years. Fuck did, like, so when does the dark? When does the long night actually come? I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how the fuck did Khaleesi go from hating this nigga in, season, in episode one to fucking the dog shit and listen. to being in love and ready to kill for this nigga and, by season by episode wh- eight. I'm okay, like, so my wait. Okay, I'm trying to think. As, where are you at with Khaleesi? So, so the last episode I watched right before I got here. So I literally was <laughs> last episode I watched right before I got here. Drago uh, did did some man shit. Got the got the wound instead of treating it. Just like I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now and now that nigga that nigga half near dead. Uh, and if he dies, the whole shit about to blow the okay, fuck so up. Okay, so Cal Drago. So you watched her eat the heart. And my yeah. man was like in love watching her bro, eat his heart. I was like, this is some of the weirdest foreplay bro, I've ever, ever seen. seen. Like weird flex, bro. But okay. And, and bro, it's a lot of weird ass foreplay. So like, know. right? Okay, so my man's got sepsis. <laughs> bro, like niggas about to die. Like my man's literally needs a tetanus shot at this point. And so and they ain't got him in fucking whatever. They ain't got it. They ain't got and it. So, I'm, so like, I'm not gonna lie, Cal Drogo. Listen. I understand. I get you. I understand. Whew. I understand. Because he came on my screen, and I was like, well, hello. Well, hello. And I am a 5'2 goddess. Take me. 
Take me See, as I am. Ain't, ain't no black woman in Game of Thrones. There's right? no black woman in Game of Thrones. Because I realized they'd have been slaves. For sure. Because even, the, even the darker black women in the Dothraki, slaves. And, right. Even the darker black women in the Dothraki clan are slaves. slaves. So I was like, bro, I wouldn't have had a shot anyway, but I'd have thrown this ass back one time. <laughs> like, take me. It's fine uh, with me. But, like, so, 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 this man shit got cut instead of getting treated. So I, I'm, I'll be all right. I, it's no, a nigga, flesh you got, wound. no, you nigga, you got sepsis, nigga. Now you're about to die. So now they got this witch out here doing some crazy witch shit. And then, then, uh, my man's. Push Khaleesi down. Now she's about to have a baby. I, I don't know if it's early or on time or whatever the fuck. And and so then in the in the episode ended. R.I.P. to my nigga Edward Stark with him getting beat the fuck headed. Okay, so here's the thing about that. Mind you, I'm on season five, and I still have tri- struggles believing that Ned Stark is dead. They had to tell me like Alex, no, they don't just pop back in Game of Thrones like this ain't that. Like he's dead, dead, and then. Like, you'll see it. His head ends up being on a stick, like a stake. And, like, because that fucking Joffrey bitch-ass nigga. Oh, uh, Joffrey, bro, I want all the... Got, I want all the smoke with Joffrey. I want all the smoke with Joffrey. Every Lannister, fuck, fuck you, incestual fucks. Sorry, Tyron Lannister, I fuck with, that little midget-ass nigga. Oh, the little midget got some talk. He, he can talk that talk. He can talk that talk. He's with the shits. He can talk that talk. And I and I see he he he's he he's like the he's the chess master I see because he can't he can't make the play but he can set everybody else up to make the play. Oh him. yeah, he could definitely like definitely moves. But one of my my listen my bitch right now besides Khaleesi is Arya Stark is with the shits. Arya I Arya Stark has been with the shits since day fucking one. You want to talk about stick talk? Bro, stay fucking one. Even when, bro, even when, like, I'm at the point right now. I just, I started episode ten a little bit for before I had to drive up here, bro. They cut her hair off. It's like you're a boy now. Figure the shit out. She's but you like, know what? She was like, okay. She was like, all right, let's roll. Listen, Fuck. she got to do what she got to do. What the stick out? And and I asked the questions. And I'm gonna wait because y'all told me she gets better. Oh, she gets way better. But Sansa got a bro, her annoying little bitch ass. Okay, in the beginning, I was like, all right, so Sansa's gotta die because she's getting on my nerves. And she not with the shit. She not with the shit. It's like, girl, you spent this, you spent the past three seasons crying, crying. She's gonna spend the next two more seasons in tears. I'll tell you that much. But in those tears come strength. And Mama starts to find her shit because right now in season like the end of season four, beginning of season five, like she got some heart. It grows, like, but it takes her time. Because like last time I saw her, she fainted. They killed her daddy. She was just like, "Jesus, take the wheel," and just fainted. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. And Joffrey just sat there and laughed. Bro, that little look at Joffrey, a whole bitch, a whole bitch. And I know I'm not supposed to be using the word bitch in 2019, but he a whole he ass a, he a he a hoe ass nigga. Fuck out of here. Dear Joffrey, how how they say it in Boondocks? You's a bitch ass nigga. You gonna pay what you owe. <laughs> but I know, I know. Oh, oh, just keep watching. I know, oh, just I'm, keep watching. I know I'm late to the party, so we ain't gotta touch on. Please don't sp- don't spill it for me, guys. Like, cause I was already tweeted that I'm gonna be mad as shit by the end of season seven. Don't don't do that to bro, me, I'm, bro. I'm literally when I'm live tweeting, I'm in my own my own thread. I'm not looking at shit. I'm even trying to dodge the dip the sport. Like I know a little bit. But what's going coming up now? But I'm trying to like no, forget it. because I even changed the way I tweeted about the show because you watching now. So I was like, just very careful. I'm, a, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do that too. 
All my Game of Thrones tweets from now on are going to be in a single thread, so you can just avoid my shit. Just avoid it. Yeah, because I'm like, and, and people already know it's in it. Somebody quoted was like, this is my favorite thread on Twitter. It <laughs> is right now. It so is my favorite thread because, and I go back and I check it because, yo, you are, being a black, that was the other part. Black people who are invested in the Game of Thrones, we tweet about it so black as fuck. We tweet about this shit so black. Bro, I was, bro, it was, the shit was wild. And I know it's only going to get wilder, which is why I'm scared. Because I'm like, nigga, what? They just... No. It's so fun. Like, watching black people tweet about Game of Thrones is my own. Because, listen, when Sansa got a little too much dip on her chip, one of the situations she finds herself in, I was like, girl, now you know you can't fight, Sansa. Now you know you can't fight. Bro, I think I even said something. I think it was about the young boy, Brian. I was like, I was like, Brian loved wandering off like he can run and shit get real. Brian love love finding himself in these bullshit ass situations, but the young bull got way too much dip on his shit when his mama told his ass to stop climbing them fucking walls. Sit your little and now you're crippled. Now you can't walk. Now you can't walk. Cause you want to be nosy. And your daddy did. So what you finna do? Ride his horse. <laughs> and Theon. For those of you guys, mind you, I'm on season five, so at me privately. But Theon gets on my motherfucking nerves. He, that little spoiled, little ungrateful, little bitch-ass nigga. Spoiled and ungrateful. First of all, you're a half-breed. Mm. We ain't even want you. But mm. the finest half-breed on that show, Jon Snow, if you listening, just know that, like, we can do this thing with your pretty ass. Jon Snow is so fine. He's been fine. He is so fine. And then now they got him dressed in all black because he's part of Night Watch now. Whew. But, yeah, I know I'm tardy to the party. Save me your comments, and if and if you and if you direct if you come in my mentions, spoiling some shit, I will block you. I'm going to block you. Please don't do that to me. Cause I don't want to do that to you, but I will block you. I will block you till the end of the season, like till I'm caught up, and then we can talk about it. And then I'll unblock you, call you a bitch ass motherfucker, <laughs> and then we can continue on. But I will block you. Cause I you. listen. That's one party. I'm actually glad I'm tardy to, cause now I could just binge watch it. Oh, um, bro, if I had to wait between like episodes or between my anxiety scenes. listen my anxiety is so high watching this show it is so high and literally i can just watch the next episode and i still be screaming at my tv like screaming at bro, my tv wait, episode nine i was like nigga bro episode five when i first thought he, they, they got my nigga there i was like bruh that, and you gonna kill him from behind you bitch ass nigga right oh little finger oh he a hoe he, ho. he a hoe and I know he's gonna continue to be a hoe. And the um the eunuch, cause he's got his little spies and shit everywhere. The one who ain't got no balls. Well, that's why he talks so much shit. Well, he ain't got no. He ain't balls. got no balls. Anyway, but um the eunuchs actually find themselves very powerful coming. Anyway, um, so let's let's get to uh let's get to one one a couple more topics before we get out of here. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of a long episode, but we ain't been around we for a couple around. weeks. So and yeah. y'all miss me. I'm pretty sure you do. <laughs> so. My iPhone doesn't have a home button, but I still have strings on my earphones. Mm. So am I rich, poor, or rich broke? I think I think so. I think it's I think you broke rich. Am I broke rich? Because like the first the first level of leader, I ain't got I still got a home button, and but I I I have Bluetooth headphones. I don't have the official AirPods, but I have Bluetooth. Yeah, but like I don't have AirPods, but my phone iPhone doesn't have I think you rich a home broke. button. Am I rich, broke, or broke rich? I think you. I think you broke rich because the iphone have not having an own button is like the first level okay and then if you have the airpods second level without a home button then you're rich rich then i'm rich rich right but right now i'm just broke, broke rich. rich yeah now me on the other hand because i i got i got bluetooth headphones but not airpods 
and a home button. And it's not an Apple product. So you're broke broke. I'm broke as <laughs> fuck. What is that? Why do we do that? Okay, but I'm not. Thing, we made an entire. Listen, I don't like texting people with green bubbles. I don't like texting people with green bubbles. I don't know what that and is. Here's the thing: the green bubbles are my messages going to them. <laughs> exactly. So I, like so I don't like talking to you. I don't like texting. Period. And then the message has to be green. I can't even react. I, I, I try to react. It's in another text gotta, message to your ass. I got. <laughs> I got to text you what what my reaction was. You can't even get my updated emojis. What if I want to feel the hearts around me and not just blow you a heart? Your emojis don't even have skin. They all yellow. Listen, you get the alien question mark emoji. (laughs) When you clapping at me, it's like Bart Simpson clapping at me. Your your emojis ain't got no melanin. Your emojis ain't got no melanin. But what is that? How did we create this elitism around emojis? Marketing. Apple Apple used to be a technology um, advancing type person people like they, they used to have the advancement technology before Steve Jobs died rest in peace to the guy but now he was an asshole anyway of course I'll, all great people have some sort of most people you know up. and I'm not gonna hold you most people in tech get on my fucking nerves bro every genius they have no social skills up. every genius is fucked up in some way shape or form or fashion that's how they compensate but after Steve Jobs died and they no longer became the like advanced yeah. part of tech they had to they compensated with marketing, and so they marketed oh iMessage instead of a normal text message, or they market all of these different emojis. They market not having a home button, but wireless charging, all of these things. And, and even though Samsung did a lot of this shit before, way before, before, right Apple. before, like, but it's the marketing and it's now the, it's a whole culture because the, you have iMessage games and you have FaceTime and you have like now group FaceTime and I'm like yeah and like I, like, I'm like, I can't think, FaceTime I can't FaceTime Android I can download a Skype app but who want to do that who shit who wants to do that shit and that is crazy because I have my some of my Samsung friends have MacBooks specifically to communicate with iPhone users or iPads yeah like that's crazy that you need you felt the need to do that so we could stop talking shit about you right so you could like instead of just getting an iPhone and have all of that you wanted to keep your Android product, your phone, but still converse with iPhone users. It, the culture behind it is crazy. It's marketing, bro, and it's like, and this is not. It's it's the marketing of it, like it's the Apple, like it's Apple Music versus Spotify and title. Like if we're gonna keep it a hundred, I'm pretty sure like Spotify has a better algorithm to make to make up like a personalized mix and playlist. Yeah, but why would I? In my head, I already paid for Apple Music and wow. I paid for title because black support black owned businesses and but spotify why would i pay for spotify too why would i have spotify when i have two music app music and streaming see, apps? i have spotify for podcasts so i have spotify because like apple was taking up way too much of my space with a lot more podcasts because i would listen to it but i mean i finished it and it would still stay downloaded on my storage so spotify didn't do that also i am going to work on getting us on spotify but spotify want money so if y'all want to cash at me that'd be cool but spotify wants me to cut, cut a check cash up alley pays <laughs> Gotta be good. Cash App, C to D five one three. The same, the same name across everything. You hear me? But like, so, so I, so I got Spotify for podcasts because like to help with just Doris data and everything like that, and it was free. I got the free version of Spotify because right. I also got, I still got a student version of Apple Apple Music because the scam will always live on. Run the scam, Calvin. We've been running scams since summer 2018. The scam will always the live always on. The always scam will it, always live on. Because Miami will never get rid of my e, .edu email address, even as an alumni. So, <laughs> And scamming ain't dead. Niggas just scared. You hear me. But, yeah, it's all marketing. It's all marketing. And, it, and, it's, and it's really good marketing. 
That's the only reason that this elitist culture. Right. And bro, the elitist culture got to niggas so much. Niggas was posting their mortgages on Twitter because someone was making (laughs) fun of her for not having AirPods. Niggas was just like, bro, fuck your AirPods. I got a whole house. Like, it was a whole Twitter debate because of AirPods. And then niggas kept throwing them like, but does your house get you 125 likes on my chain? My AirPods does. Like, I, <laughs> I don't like, bro. I hate it so much. But I love it because I love, I love it because you gotta troll, you gotta troll, but people are stupid enough to fall for the shit. And you listen, you can't troll the troller, and I am queen troll. I enjoy it. Like as a matter of fact, one in my, I know my group chat, one of my friends is like, "Bitch, do you have to be so fucking shady? Like, do you have to be?" Yes. But it's so much fun, bro. Because only you get it because you're on the inside of the joke. When you're on the outside of the joke, that shit's not funny. <laughs> Niggas, niggas, niggas been more in my head, but I'm like, why in my head, please? And I can fight. So what's up? I was like, I'll kill you. Leave me alone. I say to somebody like this because I avoid drama. I'll kill you. Leave Bro, me that alone. was a meme today on Instagram, like, and I've never me. seen something like, so far to touch my soul like that. Like, bruh, just because I be minding my business don't mean I'm not with the shits. I will fuck you up. Leave, leave me be. Leave me alone. As a matter of fact, no. We talked about my aggression issues. You know I'm with the shit. Stop playing with me. Don't let this 5 to 125 frame fool you. Bro, I, I, I don't lose fights. We both die. Mutually assured destruction. That's what it's called. I, I won't. I'm not losing. You could literally be tearing my ass up. I'm going to get up like at the end of, like, I'm at the end of Terminator. I'm not dying. I don't fight fair. Fuck fighting fair. No, for what? You the ops. All Ned, day. Listen, Ned Stark tried to fight fair. That nigga died. Ned Stark tried to fight fair. That nigga died. And he died because of it. I ain't Let, fighting fair. Listen, I told, listen, I said this on Twitter. If I ever die unjustly, y'all better ride out for me like the fucking Night Watch. <laughs> Strapped up, nigga. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, it's it's all marketing, and and like if someone want to bless me with Apple with AirPods, just I love you. That's you, fine. And you can like hell, we could be in a relationship for a couple months if if, if you want. I'll be in a fake relationship. I'll be in a fake, I'll be in a fake relationship for some Speaking AirPods which, or Apple Watch. <laughs> Speaking of relationships, so your girl's been single for some time now. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, men think that, like, that's the time to, like, pounce. And it's like, dog, relax. 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 And there is a group of, like, everything is for everyone, and that includes relationships. Right. If you have to force it, let it go. Whether that's relationships or whether it's that fart, whether it's that ponytail, if you have to force it, it's not for you. Let it go. So, literally, I've had to, like, pump the brakes on a couple little dating situations that I found myself in because you want more than what I'm ready to give you. And communication is always key. And I'm the opposite. So you're like, I like being alone. I love my alone time. Like, I know I know, Kanye's sort of canceled. Kind of canceled is canceled. I, I forget the update. But um, Kanye said in one of the songs, like, I could be by myself and enjoy the company. Dog. And so, and me, me and so we... We used to have bickers over it because they didn't. People didn't understand what I meant by like you got to be better than my solitude, nigga. I I have no issues being. I'm an Honey. only child. I live by myself. I have no issues being alone. So if you are not better, better. than what I could do by myself, myself, I don't want you. I enjoy being alone. Like I, be, especially because I work in the entertainment business. My personality is always on 10. I'm always smiling and bubbly. I'm always, like, the the warmest person in the room. I don't have that energy to give all the time. 
So when I get home and I get a chance to like not have to do all that shit all day, that is my favorite thing to do is to take off my bra and my personality. Like I <laughs> enjoy leaving both, both at the door because I really enjoy just not having to people please. I, and I don't like I saw something like because you said I just want somebody here, but I don't want I don't have to enter. That was yeah, that was I posted that on Twitter the other day. It's like damn, company would be great, but I don't want to have to actually entertain you. And and me and my mother. And so both me and my mother are only, ch- only children, right? And and we ha- have cousins and everything, but we, we grew up by ourselves. So when I'm at, and that's part of the reason, like, holidays are kind of weird because we're not really big on ce- celebrating, like, she'll cook, whatever. But, like, towards the end of it, like, I'll be on my laptop. She'll be watching Law & Order. We won't be talking to each other, and it's okay. It's quality time. That's what I mean. Like, when you tell a guy you want to come over or, hey, come over, a lot of times, like, I just want the presence of you there. Like, I just want your energy in the room. I want to be able to kiss up on you and rub up on you when I want to, cuddle a little bit, and then go back like a cat, go back to my windowsill. Like, I want to be able to, like, have access to you when I want it, and then once I've gotten my fill of that, be done with it. I don't like anyone, anybody in my space all day. I can't stand it. And that's part of the reason, so, like, and that's part of the reason, I kind of myself like I always like I, I posted them like I always end up liking women in different cities, right? Like, <laughs> like if you want to get my attention, don't live in Cincinnati. Don't, because <laughs> it's like when I want to be around you, I want to be around you. And I and but one time I really be like, damn, I want a girlfriend. Is when I'm in a club and I realize that ain't shit out here because <laughs> all y'all are trash. Or it or a lot of it has to do with the fact that like the the convenience of a visit. Because in these four, three or four days, because of how much we don't see each other, the attention is focused on all the great things I actually like about you. Right. And again, it feels that social bucket. Yeah. Like, okay, I got the affection. I got my nut off. Like, I can go home and be just fine for a while. Like, I'm like a camel when it comes to attention. I could hoard that shit from the last visit. And then when I'm thirsty again, suck that shit in. And they'd be fine for a very long time. And it's like one of the things was like, cool. Like, you come over, give me a head rub, you leave, you go back home, I go to sleep, we're fine. You come, you know what I'm saying? One of those things where, because I, t- I don't talk to anyone every single day. I don't even There's, talk to my mother. I do not want to talk to anyone every day. And that's facts. Like, a, a full-blown conversation every single... Every, there are days where my phone does not ring, and there no, are no messages, and those are my favorite days sometimes. Because I feel obligated to communication that I don't want. I don't and, want. And it's like... And that's part... I think part of the reason... Because I hate the getting to know you stage. Ugh. I hate the getting to know you stage. Because it's like, I gotta talk to you frequently to, to get to know you. The crazy thing is I hate communicating on the phone. Like if I my preference is to pull up on you, my preference is you know what are you doing? Let's let's go do, let's go be together. Like not because I necessarily I'm not asking for a date, but I hate talking on the like. I'd rather do a phone call over text messages, FaceTime over both, and then being in the physical space with you. And so and see for me it's like it's almost like it's, it's weird. Like I, if I'd rather be with you. But if I can't be with you, then it goes in the reverse for me. Like text, phone, then email, then FaceTime. So because if with text, I could do other things. Like I could be watching Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and text you. With a phone call, I could still like be on 2K, have it on mute, and talk to you mm-hmm. while I'm doing the game. FaceTime, I got to stare at your ass mm-hmm. and just look, be just be looking at you 
or or put you on pause and you get mad. Why why you putting me on pause for it? Cause I got another text message. I got to figure out who the fuck is talking to. I got to figure out what the fuck going on. It's a lot. Like, and I genuinely have to like. I don't know. My preference is to always be in the same physical space with you. I but I'm just at the point where. I don't, I realize that I don't want a relationship. Like, I miss companionship. I miss, like, partnership. I right. miss having a person, like, I can call and do certain things just with. It's a, a plus one. A I plus miss, one, I yeah. Miss having, like, I, I miss, miss having that. a guaranteed plus one, like, okay, I gotta go to this gala. What are you doing? Let's like, go let, get let, dressed. Like, let, and I know you can get dressed. I know you won't be a problem. Our connection is cool. You won't embarrass me. You're professional. Or, bro, there's this wall sweating banger. Like, a house party banger I want to take you to. Get dressed. I miss having somebody to do those or things Or even with. something like, I want to go see this new Marvel Spider-Man movie. What time you off work? All right, back, cool. We, meet, meet me here. Pull up. It's, it, but I don't... With the understanding that this just is what it is. Like, I don't want the gravity, the weight of the responsibility. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a shallow bitch at the moment. I don't want the responsibility of a relationship i want the companionship of it all i don't see i don't want and for me because i'm going to allow you whoever to be free because i don't ask those who've been in situations with me i don't ask shit about anyone else i don't care because a it's not my business b i know none of them niggas are me i don't care do what you got to do when you are not with me i respect that same Courtesy. Don't be asking me, oh, who was liking you or who who was that you, you hugged? None of your damn business because I don't ask you about that nigga that you were talking to. I don't ask you about the nigga you was hugged up with. I don't give a fuck. As long as, as, long as we are both clean and respectful to each other and, and our time together is our time together. That's cool with me. Whatever you do when you're not around me, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's the other part is minding mind your business literally mind your business i unless that's the other part <laughs> i'm trying to get out of my thoughts unless you want that with me make it clear but you getting fake upset about what you think i'm doing and we're you and i are only doing nothing like we're not a thing like and you know we're not a thing you catch more feelings by being in your feelings than just communicating with me about where you stand with me because you want to act fake hard and you want to act fake like you don't care when in actuality you care a lot more than you want to care and you're afraid of whatever you think I'm going to say. If you want that smoke, let me know. Like, <laughs> because, like, look, being, being my girlfriend ain't for everybody. <laughs> it's not. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> like, I, res- I, I, I ain't going to cheat on you. I respect you. But it's not for the faint of heart because I am who I am. And you got to be who you're going to be. I can't, and if you got the insecurities as far as like, because guess what? I'm not cutting off my female friends for you. Never. I am super authentic in who I am. Super authentic in who I am. And I understand that I I do have room for girls, a lot of it. Of course, but everyone does. I also am strong in who I am. So I'm not easily pliable or manipulated, easy to manipulate. You can't not, I'm not easily impressionable. We the little baby who won't listen. The little baby who will not listen. And it's not because I'm not willing to listen, but you're not saying nothing interesting either. Like, you're not saying anything worthwhile. It's one of those things that's like, like, I want a man to lead. I want a man to lead. I'm like, okay, I'll lead you if, if I trust you to follow. 
I don't trust you to follow. You out here wandering off. You out here doing everything but following. Why would I why would I waste my energy to try to get you to act right when you don't want to act right? When I can go over somewhere else and they will act right. No, and that's I'm where good. you should probably spend your time because I but see here's also the thing. When you're dealing with a woman who has her own shit, who handles her own business, who's got her own business to handle, there's certain ways you gotta talk to me. Because a lot of times that shit sounds like bullshit. Talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. Like there's when you've got things to lose, there's certain ways that you gotta talk to me. Because a lot of y'all be saying a lot of a lot of shit and it don't be sticking because you're not you're not talking to me. And it ain't about paying my bills and cashing me out. That's not what I'm asking for. But a lot of times it sounds like you're wasting my time or you come across too sexual too soon. Cause look, cause look, cause you know me. You know I, I'm okay. I, I ain't gonna cash out until I really feel like. And there are men that feel that way, and that's cool. There are men that I know would drop a bag on me right now if I asked them. And, to. And, and, for, and for me, I look at it like I look at it like this: like I'm not the type of person who's gonna ask you out and make you split the bill. I'm not. I'm not gonna be. I'm not that type of person. But it's one of those things where like I like women who have shit to lose because I have shit to lose. Period. And, and a woman who ain't got shit to lose is a liability because that that motherfucker will take you and put it like okay a person. Let's not make your gender. A person who ain't got shit to lose is a liability because that motherfucker will take you down with them and they will not give a flying fuck. I need whoever I'm with to have shit that independent shit that they are scared to lose because that influences the way you deal with me and that will influence the way I deal with you. Again, right. talk to me nice. I'm not one of these other niggas. I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these niggas you can finesse, you can flirt with, and they'll go and they'll be head over heels stupid. No, I'm not one of them niggas. Talk to me nice, or don't talk to me at all. Facts. Um, so we have a shout out to your set. Yes, 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 gang shit. Whole lot of gang shit. Whole lot of gang shit. Gang, gang, gang. Um, so this one is for Sunel. Sunel, Aaron, and uh, the whole cabin season team. So your girl is gonna attend her first cabin season next weekend. MLK weekend. Yeah. MLK weekend, which is next weekend, actually. Jan- January is rolling, ain't it? It's. <laughs> I, I mean, last January felt like it lasted three and a half years. Okay. So, you know. January, but it was also below zero in January this time last year. It was. It was cold as fuck. It was so I'm, cold. I'm it's, actually scared by this this warm because I feel like I feel like it's for winter preparing like a hangmaker. I was like, gotcha, bitch. Wow. <laughs> It's so cold in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold, so cold, but, but like, yeah. So shout out, so shout out to Sunel and the entire cabin season team. This is will come up on their one year anniversary hey. of starting this, and I remember having conversations with Sunel before he moved about this and him wanting to start something and kind of build it and grow upon it. I'm so so I'm proud so of him proud of him that he is able to do that and he's able to do something he loves while still having the nine to five and um so i will be we will be i will be there as well supporting um supporting him and also because it's memo k weekend and i and i ain't got shit to do and, and so we gonna kick everybody's it. off on monday and, and we gonna kick it so yeah where i'm going down and listen i'm not ever too far from grace but i've also packed my holy water Keep me near the cross this weekend, Saints, because they also provide food and the liquor. Yes, and all-inclusive. And it's all-inclusive. So it means that all I have to pack is clothes and, and my cross. And, and and a bubbly personality. And my Pedialyte, because I have a feeling. <laughs> Who child. <laughs> we don't have to leave the cabin for anything. Not a single. We don't have only, to leave. The only thing I would recommend, because I've been there before, is Pedialyte 
Um, water, because water it becomes a scarce resource very quickly as far as I bottle water, because you know niggas are bougie. Um, and if you want something to snack on in between the the, the meals, that's pretty much it. Oh, I'm definitely a snacker, so I will. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much it. And, they, and, they still, and they got snacks too, just in case. And so... Yeah, shout out to the entire team, man. They help. They 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 they're doing the thing, and it's always good to see black people, black men, black women, black people, prospering, mm-hmm. um, in their own businesses. I'm proud of Sunil, and I'm actually ha- happy I'm able to support this one. So it's going as you would say, it's gonna be a wang. Dang, it's doodle. gonna be a wang dang doodle. Let's go. So we're going to wrap this up because we've been talking for almost 90 minutes. And y'all know some of y'all hit my line like, why y'all episodes so long? Because we got shit to talk about. And and this is coming off the hiatus. We have some shit we needed to speak upon. Um, and so I appreciate the patience if you've made it this far. So this one is for anybody who is or knows somebody who's been a victim of sexual assault or rape or abuse. And you've considered ending your life because of the trauma that you've experienced you are not alone and I know it feels like you are because the things are happening to you and not because of you but I'm serious I'm a resource and if you need help I mean I'm not a therapist I'm not a qualified trained professional in the least but I am schooled in life and if you need help come find me my app my mentions my phone numbers all that stuff is available and I will get you the help that you need and that goes for men and women um I know it's hard to talk about. I know it's tough. I know it's difficult. I know there are so many things in this world that are triggering because people just don't know what they don't know. But I see you and I hear you and I'm here for you. And I want to make sure that men, black men in particular, whether you were inspired because all the black women sharing their stories or whether you just got tired of holding it in, oh, speak up. And I, I and I say that in a way, don't speak up as a as a means of deflection, but speak up be, because this is the only way certain things will get better is if we speak up on it too. Whether that's you being what you didn't realize was abuse when you were younger because we didn't know any better, um, to if you were abused recently by people that you trusted, to if even if. Even if you're not 100% sure on what certain things look like and whether you may have had some problematic behaviors that you didn't realize are problematic because we are all unlearning things. Speak up, speak respectfully, and I pray that the people that you speak to will will also speak respectfully to you. And I know that's not guaranteed in today's society. We've seen it plenty of times. People have getting dragged. But don't feel the need to continue to remain silent because that's what they and everyone knows what they I'm referring to that's what they want so as always um our our hashtag shoot your shot pod the hashtag potting all of that's in the description below if you listen to us if you're rocking out with us let us know on instagram or twitter um we appreciate you as again for listening to us signing out peace and blessings i love y'all